Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive. We are in for a new pivot today. It's going to be a ton of fun talking about baseball. It's baseball season. It's spring training season. We've been heavy duty into uh, hoops all month. Uh, really, the last couple months. Uh, that's kind of been the focus of what we've been handicapping. Um, but uh, spring training is on. There are a lot of uh, interesting gifts out there of uh, of some of the uh, the interesting new wrinkles across the uh, pitching landscape. There are regular season win totals that have popped uh, across multiple books now. Um, so we figured, why not do a baseball podcast. Uh, the problem is, uh, for me at least, uh, I don't know a whole ton about baseball. Uh, Andy, uh, what's your? You, you, have you spent a good amount of time handicapping baseball, or is this relatively? Uh, I, I used to. I used to live it, man. Oh my god, I used to live, especially like fantasy baseball, and it's weird to even say this, like now knowing how I am with the NFL, but man, I loved fantasy baseball and baseball stats and stuff way more than the NFL, like. 10 years ago i was in a great 20 man fantasy league that was like my life like yeah i didn't even sports bet baseball all that much i just was constantly looking at shit i and then once that league kind of folded up and i didn't bet bad I, I still don't bet baseball as much as the other sports i just like if you don't pay attention it really gets away from me it's like we were saying earlier i can't name a uh, shitload of players. I used to be able to name, you know, minor leaguers on every team. So, yeah, it'll be fun as I think we are going to do a little more of this season. I'm going to try to be talking to some more people that I know that bet a lot of it and try to find my way through the baseball landscape this year. Yeah, man. I'm sim- similar situation for me. I've usually, uh, I usually stay away because I focus so much on NBA playoffs that uh, I miss sort of the beginning of the season. And then I feel like I can't just jump right in. Uh, I feel like I'm the fish at that point. Uh, and then similarly, like I kind of lose focus towards the end of the season when I'm sort of kind of dialing down on NFL. So, uh, but this year I think I'm going to pay more attention to it. And for this podcast, we reached out to a new voice, someone you haven't heard from before on the deep dive. Uh, And uh, one of the original folks from gambling Twitter, uh, definitely one of the first people I followed when I set up a gambling account Um, and uh, somebody who I think is fair to qualify as a sharp mind in the world of handicapping baseball and professional, professional better question mark. Uh, None other than spreadopedia. Welcome to the deep dive. Hello. How's it going? Oh, it's going fantastic, man. Uh, it's not a very spring-like day here in Southern California for us, though. Are you, uh, how you, you handling the winter okay? Yeah, it's a little rainy all of a sudden, but it's, it's good. This has been like the winter from hell, man. It's been like, I think I think I saw that they, it was the first ever February on record where the temperature didn't crack 70. Yeah, it was, it was it got down <laughs> even to the 30s for a bit. <laughs> Yeah, I'm having a little bit of that, too. <laughs> it's kind of like that in Minnesota, right, Andy? Yeah, we're having, we're just having a touch of that also up here. <laughs> we're getting a foot of snow this weekend, so yeah. You guys can deal with some 40s, I guess. But no, it is like, yeah, pitchers and catchers. We're already into preseason ball. Like it really sneaks up on a guy. All of a sudden, he's 
freaking baseball season out of nowhere. Openers are in like a month. Yeah, man, it's ridiculous. Uh, spread uh, is kind. Of, I'll just I'll, I'll refer to you as spread if that's okay with you. Um, is, sure. It is. It's fair to qualify you as a professional better. Yeah, that, that okay. works. Okay, and uh, do you go out to uh, spring training every year? I'm curious, actually. I didn't forget. Forgot to ask you that. I have. Uh, I don't really. I'm not going to go out this year, uh, mostly because I don't like Arizona. <laughs> uh, but other than that, that's that's basically the reason why. <laughs> okay, so um, let's give people a little bit more a background. Um, you've been pretty active on Twitter in the gambling community going back to what, like 2011? I mean, I, I'm, I'm trying to remember uh, uh, when you got started, um, but you've, you've been around for as long as gambling Twitter has been around. Is that fair to say? Uh, gambling Twitter has been around before me, for sure. Uh, probably 2011 is about accurate. I, uh, I've been around a long time now, I guess. Uh, but yeah, that's that's true. I've... And uh, and your handle, Spreadopedia, um, I've always kind of assumed that refers to, at least when I, you know, when, when I first, you know, came across your account and stuff, it seemed like you had a relatively uh, rich database of historical odds and stuff at a time where there really wasn't any other data around to be had. Is that kind of how you got your name and, and sort of, you know, how you distinguished yourself at the beginning? Uh, I just picked that handle because it was available and then uh the, the the database came i think probably right before that um the database still exists by the way i don't know about exactly if it's up to date or anything but i don't use it anymore um i don't actually bet much nfl outside of like uh first touchdown props and some other <clears throat> random stuff but uh yeah i got my start with NFL betting, uh, I don't do, like I said, I don't do much NFL anymore. It's, it's mostly baseball. I shifted to that around like 2014, but yeah, I was on Twitter originally just to talk about football and follow football people. Got you. Yeah, that makes sense. That was similar story for me. Um, you pick up a lot of, you, you know, you learn a lot from, you know, about how to handicap football, just from sort of the discussion that goes on gambling Twitter, at least that was kind of my exposure. Um, and I mean, I'm sure this existed in years, you know, years and years before Twitter was around when people were on forums and kind of covers yeah, forums, maybe covers. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of this translated over from that. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I got, I got my start on those on forums before Twitter. That's where I got lost. A lot of the people I follow on Twitter were from forums and had their same forum names on Twitter. So that's how I found gambling Twitter really. That makes total sense. Um, and now here you are. Uh, I would qualify you as a market maker in the MLB. Um, is that, uh, it, and ca can you kind of talk us through uh, what a standard process is for you when you get into a, a you know, a day of betting, uh, betting M M MLB sides? And uh, do you stick to I, just sides or do you side sides and totals? I don't think I'm a market maker, but that's, that's nice to hear. Uh, I bet overnight. <laughs> usually, I've heard from uh, I've heard from some of our connected friends that you are a market maker, but we'll let that go. Okay, go ahead. Um, I bet overnight. I, I bet early in the morning mostly. Um, and just I I personally find that baseball season 
I get most of my work done on the Pacific coast at like 6am between like 6am and eight or eight thirty, even a little earlier sometimes. Um, and I, I, I'm talking every day. You got to get up or at least I got to get up really early. Um, that's when I like to bet and do baseball stuff. Uh, I start doing props later on in the day cause there's no props out that early. But uh, I personally try to start my days as early as possible during baseball season. And it, it's hard because, you know, there's there's like you could take a day off on Monday or Tuesday if you want. But it's it's just ongoing every day. For, <laughs> yes. Grind you, know, you up. Yeah. Months. Yeah, yeah. Early mornings. But if you like it and you like getting into the routine, I I find it somewhat enjoyable. Um, it's a lot of work. But, but like I said, I, I like it. Nice. Do you think uh, are you handicapped? Oh, you get the all star break. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. What did uh, you say? You, you cut out there. I was gonna say, yeah. Do you, yeah, you, uh, you, I mean, you get the all star break, and yeah, it's it's not every day. <laughs> um, I was gonna ask you. Do you think it's like? A, is it is it more difficult being on the West Coast, or do you think it's an advantage because you actually get to see more of the games live? You don't have to stay up as late. Uh, you know, I, I think it's an advantage because you get the the four o'clock start times as opposed to waiting. Um, whenever I travel back east, I'm always confused as to what I'm supposed to do all afternoon. Until sports <laughs> yes. Start. Yes. Same. Yeah. Absolutely. I, uh, I like the, the time, you know, the time difference, but I've, I've started to find that in the last season or two, I will sometimes fall asleep before the last game is over, which is something I would never usually do. Um, and that's just, that's part of the early mornings, but I, I, I like the schedule from the West coast more than the East coast, but I think that's just, uh, however, wherever you're from, if, if you're from the East coast, you'd probably say you like the East coast better. That's a fair point. Uh, I, I could, I couldn't, I could not adjust going, going back to the East coast time, time, timetable. It would be, uh, it would be yeah, total chaos. It's impossible for, for like college basketball and stuff. You have. You know, like you want to watch a big West game, it's a nine o'clock tip off or an eight o'clock tip off. That's eleven o'clock on the East Coast. I'm not staying up till one in the morning to bet a second <laughs> half or something, you know? Like it's yeah. it's just it's it's tough. It's it's a tough way to 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 bet. But yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. Without a we, doubt. We, Hawaii football starts at like one in the morning in New York. Hawaii Even football later is late than that. LA, I think it's though. like midnight. Yeah, yeah, I think it's, I think like, it's like one o'clock here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, this is brings up an interesting question. Uh, how much of your handicap is do you rely on sort of the eye test and you know seeing games, seeing players beyond what you get from looking at box scores, looking at data, and you know evaluating things numerically? Not much. Um, I don't. I. I. I, I don't not watch the games you know but i don't watch every game i bet on i i usually watch the espn game cast is my preferred method of following my games uh otherwise i'll i'll watch the dodgers if they're on tv or i'll watch the braves if they're on at four o'clock on the east coast uh but but watching the games i find actually kind of just annoys me in my bets <laughs> 
and I sweat unnecessarily, you know, things in the second or third inning that, that are supposed to happen. Yes. And I, yes. I'm just better off not watching or, you know, I'll have one game on, on mute and I'll, I'll be doing something else, you know? Of course. Of course. Um, that sounds like how I feel about the NBA, uh, especially when I have a action on a total. Uh, you kind of can't. Yeah. Even really, you can't even watch the first half. Really, it'll just drive you crazy. It's, it's tough. I I don't bet the NBA anymore. Um, or like I, I'll, I'll bet you know like little tiny bets for fun or like win totals, but I I just don't enjoy betting the NBA. I, I found it was not fun for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. Um, what I, I feel them on that baseball too. Baseball totals, or like even, but first five totals, any totals. I can't watch the baseball game if I have a total on it. Because if you have an under, every single ball off the bat looks like it's gone. Like it just, it can be like a pop up to shortstop, and when it comes off the bat, you're just sure you just drop the remote, it's gone. And then if you have an over, everything looks like it's just oh, that's warning track, <laughs> or that's not getting through. Like ba- baseball is, I think NBA, you're right, but baseball is infuriating to watch because it's 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 the speed. I think it's the speed of the game and the fact that you know like there's finite number of ba- at bats and all that. Yeah. So how did you get you can't into pick it? up the pace yeah. in, a, in a baseball game? Yeah. Tell tell me about how you got into uh, betting baseball. Uh, basically, I was betting football, and about near the end of football season, or during the NFL playoffs, one year when I was like twenty seven or so, I got chicken pox, and I couldn't go out for like two months. So I was basically just stuck doing nothing and I decided to get back into baseball and just relearning a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, You can do a lot when you have two months to sit around (laughs) and just read whatever you would like. Um, Seriously, man. And so I got back into baseball And uh, at the time, did you kind of know all the that, things that yeah. I thought you were going to say there? Yeah, that was the least. That's <laughs> not, not, not expected. Like, not expected at all. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I actually thanks. started doing props after that. Was was I got into baseball props? But go on. Okay, so um, did when you got into baseball, did you know for sure that uh, it was basically a modeler's, you know, numerical modeling type of game? Like you had to come up with some sort of um, you know, some sort of model to help help handicap, or did you just sort of kind of think about it from a different angle when you got started and then gradually get to where you have to come up with the model? I started with props and focused on first innings and a couple other markets for probably a full, almost a, a, a half a season and then the I took it way more seriously the second half of the season for a for a first for a whole season basically I I focused on props and started to figure out what I was doing before I I moved on to to anything else really um but yeah I I spent I I don't do as much props now I still I still try to do them as much as I can but I I spent a a good while 
learning and then doing baseball props. Is that a pretty fair uh, bit of advice to people who are kind of new to this? To cut your teeth in the props market? Uh, yeah. Or I mean, there's it, not just props, but you, you can find any individual market, you know, within props. Not really strikeouts, because I think there's so many people that that can beat strikeouts that that no one offers them for you know, big money, you can get a couple hundred bucks on them or whatever. But um, yeah, find one market that you want to start in and see if you can crush that at 500 bucks a unit for a while and move on to something else. It could be, you know, it doesn't even have to be baseball. There's, you know, there's tons and tons and tons of prop markets that, you know, you could spend hours on or days, whatever, you know, there's, there's all sorts of easy, easy avenues to cut your teeth on before finding, <laughs> you know, pinnacle markets to try to blast into. <laughs> yeah, what, what was the, what was the Al Leiter thing, Will? Bet, oh yeah, bet yeah, half a million dollars on half a million dollars on whether it'll be a strike or a ball. Yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah. know, it was that was like I want to get into that market. Yeah, his. Uh, no, his that that okay. Let's the little side little sidebar for those who aren't you know totally in tune with all of the nonsense around uh, uh, the you know the end of prohibition of gambling in the United States. But last summer, Al Leiter made probably one of the most ridiculous comments I've ever heard in the context of you know we can't allow betting to be legal in the United States because now there's going to be some incentive for someone to take a million dollars to throw a ball instead of a strike in the middle of the game, and it was like what is he fucking talking about like there's no live prop market for is this a ball or a strike and if there was like there's no way you're getting a million dollars down and if you did that would raise how many eyebrows like who would even take that bet it was like oh ra- randomly he's just some random guy you're gonna get a million dollars down on whether this is gonna be a ball or a strike and you want ball uh i would think i think that's pretty much a known outcome at that point uh anyway um do you think yeah, that, it's, you like, it's like first team to score in the nba they're, it's, yeah it's you know they're both it's minus 120 both sides for a reason because they know the people that are going to bet that don't know any better and might as well pay extra juice yeah anyway the um do you have any thoughts in general about uh the um you know kind of the way that uh legalized gambling is coming into you know the the united states and you know how that impacts your livelihood and the way baseball betting will go this summer it's really interesting to watch because things are changing, you know, on a weekly basis and new markets are opening in Pennsylvania and New Jersey and uh, Mississippi are the, the big ones right now. Uh, I haven't gotten out there really to, to bet in any of the markets. I don't, I don't need to yet, but I've heard actually slightly good things about the prop offerings and the different offerings that, at some of these various locations and you know i'm i'm skeptical as to the the like societal benefit of legalized gambling on the state level but i think it'll be a net positive in in the long run for players because there will be more competition and they'll have to it'll drive out the likes of the william hills and and you know, give you opportunities to bet lower VIG? There's going to eventually be an exchange that'll come in and, and give oh. bettors an, you know, an opportunity to, to lay big money. I, I don't know if it's a 
two-year thing or a five-year thing or a 10-year thing. I, I'm, I'd probably project intermediate, but I, I assume an exchange is in the pro is in the process of, of being built to, to handle, you know, bigger bets. Uh, I, I just think that, that the legal market, it, it's a, it's a good thing to have more, more places to bet. It's a good thing to have more markets to bet, more props, more whatever. There's, there's major issues with players being limited and, you know, people complaining about stuff like that. I see it every day. Um, but, but in the long run, having more places to bet legally is better than, you know, having to deal with a completely illegal market. Yeah, I think that's pretty well said. Um, fair to say, though, that it has to be nation legal nationwide in order to get a, an exchange that has enough liquidity to take big, big, big bets. Probably. I mean, I, I don't I'm not an expert in where where legalized gambling is going and how how it, how it's going to work. But yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty reasonable that you're going to have to have some sort of, you know, reversal of the wire act or amendment to the wire act, which, you know, in the long run, anything's possible. If people want to make money. Government wants to tax it. Yeah, man. It should happen. Yeah. I think that, yeah, the second point is more important than the getting it legal nationwide. Even if it's not legal nationwide, if they do make an amendment or reverse the wire act, you know, they run these exchanges in Europe or there's, I mean, I think there's some that are strictly like UK. You know, the, the, just you take the population of, let's say, California, New York, New Jersey, and, and like, just take the states that are already legal, throw Nevada in and throw California in. You have enough betters, potential betters to get the liquidity to have a market. It's more of the, like Brett has just said, like the, the legal side of things and the, the wire act laws. But yeah. I, I would be just even even not even for big bets. Just I would love to see a I'd love to see a market like that, uh, an exchange. Yeah. So was yes, as would I. Uh, fingers crossed, guys. Um, let's pivot back to baseball. Uh, spread. Do uh, I guess how many uh, how many of the uh, current uh, MLB ballparks have you been to? Out of curiosity. Uh, one, two, three. Four, maybe. <laughs> Do you have a favorite? I think. Uh, I, I like Dodger Stadium. I, I prefer to watch my baseball games there over Angel Stadium. I know you're like in between, kind of. You're probably closer to Angel Stadium, but like, I don't know. I don't, I don't really like going to Angel Stadium. Oh, yeah. I don't it's like kind the of dumb atmosphere. Anyway. Nah, it's, it's, it's nasty. Just, it's like, yeah. It's not the same if you go to a lot of Dodger games. Uh, Yankee Stadium was all right. <laughs> Uh, Padres Stadium was was all right. I I was there with Aaron Kessler I, from Gambling Twitter, and I forgot where I parked my car. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> How about you, Andy? You been to a bunch of baseball stadiums? I think I've been to sixteen. Sixteen. Seventeen, if you can. Yeah, that we, me and my wife used to do that before we had kids. So or two and we'd got to like a lot of them and then we had fucking kids and it just ruined everything like i haven't been to a new stadium in like five years we're finally like uh, we're gonna go to like we were just talking off air i'm doing napa napa valley for my birthday here in a month or so and i'm gonna go to probably the opening weekend there at uh 
up in San Francisco watching a Giants game. So that'll be one. But I think if I, man, I haven't been to the East Coast ones. I just, I legitimately haven't been to any of the old ones on the East Coast. Wrigley's, but it's a dump. The best one I've been to, and it's not close, was Bush. Shout out St. Louis. Such oh, I've been park. to that one. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not. I've been. That's a. I like. It's Bush. a good park. Good skyline. Like no, I love Bush. I I'm saying it was my right. favorite. Yeah. Movie. <laughs> yeah Actually, no. that. Dude, yeah, I had a, they been, had Hardy and Margaritas like, right like next to each other. I was eating Hardee's with a giant margarita. <laughs> Beautiful skylines. It was a Cubs Cubs Cardinals game. It was awesome. And as, as atmosphere though, Wrigley was awesome. I sat out in the bleachers in Wrigley for like I paid like nine dollars for a ticket with my pregnant wife. And boy, and the Cubs blew a huge lead. It was it got so ugly out in the bleachers. Classic. Classic. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh well good to establish that you guys both like Bush. Um the uh <laughs> car- and in general, the Cardinals uh We'll come up in a bit because I have some questions for you about the Cardinals because their staff looks nasty this year. Uh, I think they're being slept on. Um, You want to talk a little bit about regular season wins? Sure. Let's Um, let's start with that. Okay. So um, the I might as well start with the Cardinals and Bush since we're on that uh, on that take right there. Uh, In the of as I kind of look across the six divisions. it doesn't look particularly competitive in any of the three in the AL. Uh, in the nope. NL, uh, you do have some pretty good competitive divisions, and maybe no more competitive than the NL Central. Is that? Would you agree with that? I think the uh, the NL East is the the most competitive, but I mean that's just splitting hairs, really. Mm, okay. Well, let's start with the Central. Um, the, uh, last year's champ, the Milwaukee Brewers, uh, look prime for like a team that's going to regress to me, but, uh, you know, they went, they won five games over their, uh, their Pythagorean win expectation last year. Um, they opened the number pretty high this year, 86 and a half. It's, uh, it's, hasn't really taken any action either way. Um, Cubs look like they're expected to be, uh, in a down, down year this year, even though their number is 89 and a half. Uh, I think I've heard from enough, uh, relatively sharp folks that, uh, that that's not a particularly strong look on the over. Uh, and then you, uh, cruise down in St. Louis sitting there at 88 and a half is looking pretty enticing. Um, how do you cap, uh, the NL central as you look at it here in the preseason? So my, uh, my futures out of the NL Central or my win totals, I bet the Cubs under 89 and a half at minus 125 when that opened. So my, uh, my first play is Cubs under. Uh, my other play, you mentioned the Cardinals, uh, was a Cy Young play actually. And it's a, it's a long shot, a really long shot, but I'll bring your attention to, is something I noticed that was off is that I bet Michael Walker Cy Young at 100 to 1. And I, I don't know if it's just somebody made a bet and it moved or if someone just really has an opinion on Walker or what, but he's 20 to 1 at Chris already to win the, uh, to win the Cy Young, which again does, doesn't mean he's going to win it, but that's a huge difference than hundred to ones that were offered. So I, I jumped on that number as a, as a Cardinals play. And I know that I, I look, there's still hundreds to ones offshore and everything. So I'm not giving out a number that's gone. Uh, 
I don't I don't think he's the most likely candidate on the uh on the Cardinals to win the Cy Young either. I just think that hundred to one is off, especially if Chris is is, you know, implying that it should be closer to yeah. twenty. Yeah, the Cardinals overall yeah, we're, we're look like they have one of the stronger staffs. They have one of the stronger staffs in the uh, National League, uh, top to bottom. Yeah, they got a, you know, you, what's you, you can pick any of those guys on Cy Young futures, even like Flannery. I like. Uh, I do think I do think they're live to win that division, and you know they're as good as anybody. Uh, I, I know everyone's down on the Cubs. I don't I don't necessarily think that that the Cubs are going to win you know, 80 games or 85 games. But I, I do think this, this division comes down to the last day of the season sort of, sort of race. Mm, okay. The, um, when you're handicapping the Cy Young market like this and you're looking for an option like Waka or uh, Flannerty, uh, does it make sense to look for not an ace? Because they'll presumably get some matchups against guys who are, you know, not aces, right? Like, I mean, you tend to see aces matched up against aces game by game as we go through the season, right? So if you're taking a guy who's like second or third on the staff, you know, right there, you're presumably going to rack up more wins, right? I I try to uh, not so much ace. I, I don't look at, at aces like that. I try to only limit if I'm betting on pitchers from incredibly bad teams because you're just oh, unlikely to have a good guy, point, good point, good you point. know, win, win an award. And that that's almost all award betting, you know, even when you're betting NFL awards or whatever, you know, you just, you're not going to bet a guy on a bad team to win, you know, something that, that people need to vote on. So I, I try to exclude guys like that more than aces. It's all about just getting – what I think is either the best price or, you know, finding the, the best market price, which is typically Chris and finding the most yeah. off market from the Chris numbers. Is, you know. That's, that's a that good point about great. awards though. I mean, just, uh, you almost have to look at run support because it's dumb. And I it's, know, it's so the dumb. least, you know, predictive, it's, it's the yeah. least predictive stat. It, right. No, that's exactly what I was going to say. Wins, wins are gaudy. They stick out. You get a guy to 18 wins. You know, it, it looks great on the stat sheet. And you can have two or three pitchers. You can have a pitcher on the same staff with 12 wins. He just didn't get the run sport in the right spots. Uh, I mean, shit like that happens all the time. They actually found their way around it last year. But, uh, yeah, it, it's such a stupid thing with voters. When you have the human element voting for an award, like, that's well put with, uh, with I mean, any sport. But it's super true with baseball. If, if you're on a shitty team, you're not getting any run support, you're not going to win a Cy Young. Yeah, I mean, it's probably going to happen in the NBA this year, right? Like, Harden, in my opinion, should clearly be the most valuable player. But Giannis is good enough and has good enough stats, and it's going to be on a one seed that people are just going to vote for him because his team did better. And, like, you take Harden yeah. off of the Rockets, you take Giannis off the Bucks. The Bucks are still the playoff team. The Rockets, I don't know, man. I don't think they are. I mean, he carried them on his back for a good, you know, good two-month sample there. Um, but you know, it's, it's, you know, and, and you can kind of, no, that yeah, that's a good point about awards. Some common sense goes a long way. Yeah. When any sport, when you're betting awards, you have to kind of look at how the season might play out for the team as a whole. 
and you know the other yeah. parts of the team because you could probably like your metrics might say one thing but you might be batting into a dead market anyway yeah yeah a last point on this and we talk about this you know in the nfl too like there's a formula for who wins coach of the year in the nfl like it is every year it goes to some playoff team that wasn't expected to win their division at the beginning of the season who wins at least 10 games like that that is your coach of the year formula year over year write it down take it to the bank like pick a pick a team that is not expected to win their division that you think can get to double digit wins that will be your coach of the year um and uh yeah so that's that's a good uh, good approach for uh for hitting the Cy Young market and I'm glad that you share some some bullishness on the uh, on the Cardinals. Um, how about the uh, NL East? Do you think that uh, NL East is a little bit more competitive than the NL Central? Yeah, so it's like a four-way race with the uh, the Marlins sort of also ran there in the division. Uh, I, I don't. I, that's actually one of my win total unders is the Marlins at sixty-three and a half. I think you could still get 63s. I saw some 62s. I don't love 62 as much as 63, and I'll get into the the really low numbers on the win total <laughs> in a bit. Uh, I like the Mar. Uh, sorry, not the Marlins. I like the Nationals to win the division. They have the three best pitchers. I think they have the best pitching staff. The Braves might have the deepest pitching staff, but I'm not sure many of their young arms are going to come up and contribute and contribute quality innings. Uh, I'm, I'm probably going to back the nationals to win the division. I'm just waiting to see if I can get a better price. I've seen plus two twenty five. waiting to see if I can get a little higher than that. But uh, I, I, I think this is the most competitive division outside of the AL East, which is, you know, two and a half team. Yeah, race really right, right. great uh this is a great, four team race great nugget on the uh, nationals uh they underperformed last year to the tune of eight wins uh only coming in yeah, with they 82 lost, they lost they were, adam eaton right yes like, that's right first game or first week great point and uh would you say not bringing bryce harper back is has any impact on the season win expectation for the nationals i mean it it, it, bringing him back would have would have helped. They, it was <laughs> it was expected months ago. You know, it is, uh, they, they said they said months ago that he he wasn't coming back or that they essentially moved on. So he wasn't priced in it at all, really. Do you, does that create value at all on the over? Because I know uh, Westgate opened this at eighty nine and a half, and then they took it off the board in the midst of Bryce Harper was going to sign, and then it came back on the board at eighty eight and a half, and it's pretty. Pretty interesting, uh, you know. I mean, there's it's juiced to the over uh, right now, so you can still get a nice price on the eight, over eighty eight and a half. It's still yeah, it's still eighty nine. I, I see eighty nines a bunch of places I was looking earlier. Um, no, I, like I, I, I haven't jumped on that. It's probably right about where it should be. Uh, the only uh, so far, I think no. Actually, actually, I have two. Um, I have two futures. I have two win totals in that division. I have the Marlins under 63 and a half minus 125, like I said, and I bet the Phillies. I got a good price on the Phillies under 90 and a half, even money. Whoa! So, um, Whoa. Was that just a book that overreacted to Bryce Harper's thing? 
I guess I, I have some accounts that just post, you know, some numbers. And when I see a number <laughs> like that, I, I could just take it for 500 bucks or whatever. And, you know, like I thought that was a decent bet. Okay. So Miami won 63 last year. Um, they overperformed their Pythag wins by five games. Uh, they did yeah. virtually nothing to improve their team. They might have the worst staff in Major League Baseball. Is any is all this true? Yeah, they have a very very New Jersey team this year. Um, sorry, I have to bring I have to bring the depth chart up real quick just so I make sure I get all the names. Uh, what's it called? Uh, they they signed Hector Noessi who's one of my least favorite pitchers in the history of pitching <laughs> and a, a team that has Hector Noessi. I mean, you can look this guy up. He, he, his like career, he gives up like a run, an inning for his entire career. He went over to Korea for a while. He was all right. But uh, any team that has Hector Noessi, you know, potentially pitching real innings for them is not a team I'm going to bet the over on. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I'm, I'm looking at some of the names on their pitching staff. These, these aren't like the worst names I've ever seen, but I mean, their, their closer is projected to be Sergio Romo. You know, there's, there's not a lot to like here. This is a, this is a rebuilding organization. If you want to yeah. say something nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a euphemism. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, anything to look, I mean, you know, some, some of the, pieces uh in their you know in their batting order might be you know somewhat uh somewhat surprising in a positive manner uh any yeah well so so the alternate to the really 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 bad thing or really bad team is you can get some really really big odds on on stupid bets like like to lead the league in home runs i took peter o'brien at 300 to one I don't know if you're familiar with Peter O'Brien at all. Not, not uh, even, not even at all. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's on the Marlins. Yeah, he's on the Marlins. He has a he has a very good stat cast profile, um, similar to Mike Stanton or Giancarlo Stanton now, in terms of batted balls. But uh, if he gets 600 at bats, that's that's a potential 40 home run guy. It's also a potential, you know, 200 plus strikeouts and you know, a 100 average. So there's, there's a lot of outcomes that, that this guy's really bad, but you know, 300 to one, it, it, it was a, it was a small bat. So it's not sure, like sure, I'm sure, super sure. worried about it. Sure. 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 Um, this is a good, this is I have a good another bat like that too. Okay. Wait, hold, hold off on until we get to that team or that division. Uh, what, uh, I guess, you know, as you look at sort of a portfolio of a full season long, of staking across MLB, uh, would you say preseason makes up even 10% of the total you're staking on baseball or 1%? I mean, how, how much do some of these preseason bets if in total, if you add them all up, how, like how much do they stack up relative to how much you're going to stake across the full season? You know, for me, spring training betting is sort of like spring training for the players where it's also a warm up for me for the season. You know, uh, I, I can, get back into it and check lineups and, you know, get excited about things. And and I take it slow for the first week or whatever. There's, there's a couple like situational things and, you know, I I don't want to call them trends, but, but I have a couple situational spots that I like to play early in Florida 
Um, and then I just sort of, I, I sit on Twitter and wait for the lineups and I read the beat writer stuff about <laughs> who's pitching what day. Um, unfortunately, as you know, we were talking about right before this started, uh, I think that's all changing all of a sudden, but, uh, you know, spring training betting's fun. It's, it's a nice way to get back into the game and get acclimated to the season, but I'm for the most part, not firing huge, huge, huge bets on spring. There was, there was one game last spring training where the Dodgers all had the flu and they were playing like the White Sox and I bet as much as I can get down on that game because you know you're playing, you're betting against a bunch of guys who had the flu and want to be out there. Um, yeah, that's the kind of bet. That's but, the kind of situation dreams are made of, right there, man. Um, yeah, but I, I mean, you, you find stuff like that a lot rarer than you, you hope you're going to find in spring training. And like I said, it's really more of an acclimation thing for me than a a huge exploitable market, although it is an exploitable market. Don't. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, speaking of the Dodgers that uh, we were, you know, we were saying before that uh, the nationals underperformed by the tune of, to the tune of eight games last year. And that's high. That's really high, uh, but it's not the highest. The Dodgers underachieved even more. They came in 10 games under expectation, uh, w- winning only 92 when their Pythag would have given them about 102. Um, any reason to be bullish on the Dodgers win total? Do you think they set this price appropriately at 93 and a half? Yeah, I bet the over at 93 and a half. Um, it's actually over 93 and a half plus 102 at Chris right now. So, you know, they're, they're shaded towards the under. I, I happen to like the over on that one, even with the, the, the recent Kershaw news. I'm very bullish on the team. I mean, I could just go down the list in a second and read you their starting pitcher depth as my explanation. But Bueller, Ryu, Hill, Maeda, Stripling, Julio Urias, who might be better than almost all of those names, Brock Stewart, Caleb Ferguson, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, that's, that's a very deep pitching staff. Uh, I actually bet them. They're my NL pennant future. I got 375 on that. I think you can probably get probably 10 cents better than that if you shop around at five dimes or something. Ooh. The, um, are they the type, is that, is that, is that strictly based on their starting pitching and their roster now, or are you expecting them to make another splashy move in the middle of the season, given that they have some pieces to work with? No, I'm not, I'm not really like, I don't have any sort of, projection that they're going to trade or you know pull Machado or something this year that's always a possibility and you know they've they've indicated that they're willing to make moves like that to you know be competitive but I mean just look at the team they've put together this this is an organization that spent you know unnecessarily on scouting and analytics to you know, one of the biggest budgets in, in baseball. They've they've put together an incredibly good team, and I just don't think there's another team on par with them in the National League this season in terms of top-to-bottom talent. Mm. And this isn't just you're your, uh, looking through Dodger blue shaded glasses, right? Like, you're not a Dodger fan? No, I'm, no I, don't, I don't love the Dodgers enough to, to tell you that I think they're the best team. I'm just 
telling you what I see. And this is, you know, Stan, Stan, Stan Caston is a baseball guy who, you know, really puts a lot of time and effort into running the best organization he can run. And this is what you're getting is, you know, a top flight team with, with you know, very, very few holes. Mm, okay. Well, uh, good encapsulate. Anyone, anyone, anyone else in the uh, NL West that's worth uh, spending any time talking about? Uh, you like uh, no. any? You, you don't like any unders on any of these teams? Uh, Giants going to be bad again? I, I made a uh, an un. I made a completely outrageous wager last year when right before the What's season that? you were you you were. I think you. I I don't even know why I did it, but I happened to be on Twitter and you fired off a tweet about the Giants under, and I was like. And I was like, "Holy shit!" I oh, because Bum, Bumgarner. Got Bum, her, yes, right? that's right. You're like, Bumgarner you're like, they haven't. Yeah, they haven't adjusted this line. And I was like, "Holy shit!" I freaking, I maxed it at uh, a couple offshores before they took it down. And uh, so, thank you for that because that wasn't even close. I think that thing. Yeah, those are cashed in like August. <laughs> so that was sick. Um, what do you think about the Giants this year? I actually like uh, Farhan Zaidi, the the guy they signed to run the team he's uh he's really uh i think he was the smartest guy in the dodgers front office and that was a big loss for them i like i like watching everything he's doing in san francisco and shuffling the bottom of the roster and bringing new guys in you know you can tell he's he's got a very analytical mind and approach and it's it's fun to watch i i'm not sure it translates so much this year because first year when you're taking over a new organization there's always a lot of change but i don't uh i don't love their over i I think it's probably probably an under especially if uh if they sell mid-season but it it wasn't a it wasn't one that i i wasn't one that i played what do you make of the Padres real quick before we move to the last question before we move to the uh the nl i mean the al uh they weren't a very good team last year. Win 66 games. They were expected to win 65 based on their numbers. And they hang a season win total at 76 and a half. Uh, they sign Machado. It gets bet up two wins. Does any of this make sense to you? Yeah. It's, uh, I, I'd probably go under if I was forced to pick a side. Again, I, I didn't play it, but... 78 and a half or 79 i'm probably going under i i do think that they're a year away from from putting out their best team they they have a lot of young pitchers that are coming up in their system but they're they're not there yet they they won't be there for another year got you got you um okay well let's we should let's, in, yeah, what, let's move over to the AL. When, in the al too i guess mike because we get to talk about your favorite team because you are a dodgers fan well i'm just gonna say <laughs> you, you're no longer you no longer get to be a red sox fan you're out in la now but i, I got to thinking about the conversation we had as i was kind of looking over the i'm looking over all the prices for season win totals and we talked about this yesterday with some people or the day before do you think the twins accidentally are competing at the end of the year for like the last wild card spot just because they get to play the Royals, White Sox, and Tigers so much. I don't the Twins aren't going to be great, but that's a really, really trash, trash division. It's such a trash division. 
I don't think they're accidentally playing for the wild card spot. I think there's actually a chance that they could contend for the division in the NL or the AL Central. Um, Woo! Jesus! All right. I, I like I like their I like their team. I like the moves they made this off season. The players they signed. Um, not just the Nelson Cruzes and Martin Perez's. The top signings but i like the the bottom of the you know the triple a signings the will and rosarios jordani valder spins i'm i'm interested to see what sort of team and you know how they how they come out the gate basically i i think i think they'll stick around in the central and yeah they they have a lot of crap teams to beat up on and i i did bet the under on two of those three three other teams so I do think that that those are the where where they'll get wins from. I like this. Let's let's uh, jump off real quick on a question I have for you. So the um, we see this all the time with the NFL regular season wins, where like the they bunch a shit ton of teams around eight and eight, right? Like everyone's kind of expected to be average, right? And then you actually look at the distribution from high to low and there's way more at the extremes at the end of the season, any given season than would be implied by the win totals, right? This is, this is true every single year they hang these things. Is it the same sort of thing in baseball where there's a tendency to bunch these teams around 500? And in reality, there are some teams that are just way worse than are being given credit for and some that are way better. Well, so in, in baseball, the thing is, is that the worst teams just, even if you're awful, you're still going to win 65 games or, you know, 63 to 68 is still a pretty common, you know, final win number for very bad teams. Um, going higher than that, you know, you're, you're going to find, you know, mid seventies or you, you're not going to, like, you're not going to see, you know, I, I don't think you're going to see like, you know, 10 game differences on a, on a set mid seventies total or something. Um, I find that, that, you know, the most part, the, the betting unders on the, the teams on the low end are riskier. You're, you're, you're more, you know, I've had more success taking overs on 62, 63, 66 win teams than, than fading teams to be that bad. But I'm, I'm actually finding this year, that I expect the bad teams to be really bad. And for the most part, the best teams to, you know, win 90 plus or close to a hundred games, which more is, is more unusual. Yeah. Aside from the, the statistical yeah. extremes. So, so aside, go on, what were you saying? I was going to say, aside from uh, Miami in the, uh, in the NL, most of the shit teams are in the AL. It kind of feels like yeah, that. like it feels like the AL is like more of a, a, a <laughs> well. A that's where Baltimore is. <laughs> Baltimore, Kansas City, Detroit, Chicago, White Sox. I mean, these teams look bad, man. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really heavy on the Baltimore under. Um, the, the White Sox and, and, and Royals. Yeah, and, and so that's that's what I was saying is taking a fifty nine and a half on an under is very risky because you have very very little margin for error in you know success they they can go on a small run and you know hit 60 wins easy problem is i just don't think this team's any good i mean this was a, a mid 50s win team last year with kevin gosman and manny machado contributing contributing to it 
Yeah, right. You know, it, right. it didn't do anything to improve itself. Yeah. If, if, you know. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the old saying about baseball: the best teams lose sixty games, the worst teams win sixty games. It's about the other forty-two, and and yet you're, we're betting into a market here. It's under fifty-nine and a half. It is <laughs> yeah. pretty hard. It's, it's like a two-year outlier on on some of the. It's it's amazing how bad the Orioles are and were you know, and probably will be. Are we giving short shrift to how terrible Texas is? Because I feel like they are the clear bottom feeder in the, uh, in the AL West. Um, I don't, I, I mean, I just feel like all four of these other teams are just going to beat the shit out of the Rangers. Um, they're at 71 and a half. I feel like they should be in the sixties. Am I crazy here? No, I mean, they're, they're on the low end of, of the AL. Their uh, their pitching's not great. I saw Shelby Miller didn't even go two innings in spring training today. He's you know supposedly <laughs> a viable rotation candidate, and don't think you're gonna do well with guys like that. Um, you know, like that's not a crazy bet. If 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 that was one of your uh, you know one of your your win totals that you wanted to to plug into a portfolio, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's crazy. But I mean, look at the back of their rotation; it's projected to be Edson Volquez and <laughs> Shelby Miller. Yeah, see, you circle you, you just circled the two guys that I'm have for like I, I can't even imagine that they make it to August, but who knows? Um, but who you gotta go look? It's like, well, who are their who are their backups? Who's their yeah, their AAA guys: Ariel Gerardo, Johander Mendez, uh, Luke Farrell. I mean, that's that's bad. Those are yeah. those are not names that I I would take seriously. I mean, and so, at yeah, this point, you right. could be that, that, making up names. Troll us, we wouldn't even know. Like, <laughs> like you know, you know a lot of players. Man. Yeah, of course, those three guys. Those are the three guys off the top of my head too. <laughs> Um, what about the, uh, I mean, you know, is, I, a team that I can actually probably name double digit players on the, off the top of my head, the Houston Astros, um, are overrated, properly rated or underrated heading into the season in your opinion? Underrated. Um, I know that sounds a little crazy, but they're, uh, you know, probably the best run organization in baseball and just ahead of everybody else in terms of analytics and figuring shit out and, you know, developing players and building organizational culture and all that stuff. Uh, I don't know if you you guys are familiar at all with the, the driveline baseball guys that follow them all on Twitter. Um, you know, they, they talk about just how rapidly the game of baseball is changing and all the, the implementations of the pitching analytics and the pitching laboratories and everything that's going on. But the Astros are just so far ahead. Like they won the world series with Charlie Morton pitching game seven. That's, that's just like a, an accomplishment <laughs> in and of itself. Charlie fucking Morton, you know, yeah, in and into a world series starter. Yeah. yeah. Was, Charlie Stanfield. Something. <laughs> yeah. But, they, they've they've taken guys like like Verlander and Cole. They were already excellent, but but they've just you know they've made them better. They made Charlie Morton better. They'll they'll make Wade Miley better this year, and you know they'll I'm sure their next wave of of prospects, Forrest Whitley and everybody they got coming up, will blow the doors off just 
just like this wave has with uh, Bregman and Carrera and what's his name, uh, Springer. Yeah, so pivoting right into that discussion then, uh, do you think for awards season um, these guys are going to eat votes from each other or will there be a clear standout of team MVP that will then be the favorite for MVP from this uh, lineup? I, I haven't bet any NL or AL MVPs. Um, I, I might eventually, but I, I just haven't been super compelled to get into either of those markets. I did lay uh, minus 440 with the Astros to win the AL West. And mm. that's simply yeah. a, you know, if someone wants to beat me on that, you know, <laughs> fucking Oak, <laughs> Oakland, yeah, the Angels, yeah. Co- Angels, come at them, you know. It's, uh, I'm not worried about, I'm not super worried about losing that bet. Um, my, my play on the Astros, other than laying the, the season or not, not the season win the the division future price is uh, Garrett Cole to win the Cy Young. I bet that between fourteen to one and sixteen to one at a couple different places. Now you're talking. That is a great number. Yeah, good job, I, dude. I like that. Good bet. job. Good job. Um, I had my I had Seattle underlined up in the pre in the preseason before we saw numbers just because. They overperformed so outrageously. They won 12 games more than they were expected to last year. And I was hoping they would hang an opener in or, in or around like the high 70s, low 80s. They hung 70 and a half, um, which kind yeah. of completely threw cold water on my, my brilliant plan there. Um, any other win totals, high or low, that make sense to you in the uh, AL West? Uh, not, oh, so I bet, I bet there, I've seen some slightly off market numbers. With the Angels, I saw 80, 83 and a half on the Angels on under minus one hundred five. So I grabbed that because I knew I could play back eighty one or eighty one and a half before the season starts if if I want to middle it or want to get out of it. But I'll, I'll probably just stick with that under. Um, I would probably still even play it at eighty one and a half or eighty two. I'm not a huge Angels fan. I'm a little little skeptical that Brad Osmus hits the ground running. Yeah. And I, I just, I'm willing that they're, they're just another team. I'm willing to bet against being slightly better than average over the entire season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I dig that. Um, how about the, uh, the one everybody tunes in for, we saved it for last Yankees or Red Sox win the AL East. I got, Nothing. Or a surprise, you know, you know, surprise two and a half. You said it was a two and a half team uh, division. Do the Tampa Bay Rays have the have the goods to shock the world? Mm, they're fun. I mean, I really like like <laughs> if you like if you like baseball, they're a fun team to watch. They're a fun, you know, organization to to see. Like they develop their own players really well, and they're you know they do a lot with with less, you know they don't have a budget like the Dodgers or the Red Sox and they still put together very competitive and fun to watch teams, at least in my opinion, mm-hmm. you know, uh, oh, hell yeah. I don't know if they're a serious division contender. They're, they're sort of in that same category. I put the twins in where like, I like them and I think they're going to be competitive and you're going to get value. I came to game basis with them, you know, just betting them to win. But 
No, I'm not like going to take a long shot on them to win the division. I'm really not going to take a long shot on any division. This year. Um, I think I said, I was talking to MLB model on Twitter a couple of days ago and he said the, the twins price would still have to be like a dollar higher for him to take it. And that's, that's pretty accurate. Like it's just not a compelling bet to lock up money. And a point I wanted to make on the season win totals is, you have to be careful betting them because you're either going to post up and bet them in Vegas, which is fine, you know, or one of the other states where you can bet them legally now. But if you're going to bet them offshore, you know, at a, at a PPH especially, you have to bet it in an account that you think is going to actually last the entire baseball season. You know, betting the Dodgers to win the division or win the pennant like I did last year and not having the account at the end of the season is pointless. So grabbing grabbing the best numbers on win totals is, you know, entirely worthless if you're not going to get paid in September. Can you explain um, that a little bit? I'll to always some of keep the, that in mind. Yeah. Can you explain that in a little it bit is, more detail to people? Because I think pe- there are definitely people that, that are somewhat new to this that are listening that are like, what, what were all those words you just said? <laughs> you have a, if you have a credit account that – you're playing on all through baseball season. There's a possibility that the book, you know, cuts you off before the season ends and they'll, you know, potentially cancel your pending action. Some will, some will let it hang and some will just tell you to get lost and avoid your futures. And, you know, if you're taking what you think are the best numbers in some of these markets and then halfway through the season, you have a 50 to one or a 30 to one on a Cy Young and, you know, the account's gone. It's well, what, you know, what, what good is that number? You know, you, you, you're going to, you're better off betting it in Vegas if you want to actually get paid or if you're serious about betting it. Um, uh, but it's yeah. just a risk. That's just part of the risk of betting with some of these places. And, you know, it comes with territory. Totally. Totally. And it, it probably changes your strategy a little bit too. Like you're not going to make active, hedge you're not going to make active hedge plays otherwise uh if you don't know for sure that that ticket is still going to be live right yeah i mean it changes yeah it changes how much you're going to bet you know but also posting up changes how much you're going to bet i wouldn't recommend to somebody you know with a small bankroll to lay the astros price at minus 440 for the division but i would you know <laughs> right. if you had a if you had a credit yeah. account that you know <laughs> yeah. if you're willing to tie up that much credit there's nothing wrong with that bet it's just it's a different it's a different approach to betting and you know both have their advantages and disadvantages um i i, I do think that the astros bet is an excellent bet i, I don't think it's an excellent bet for, for a post up player, yeah, right. I actually, actually, right. I, do, I actually do think it's no, a great no. bet for a post up player, but that's opposite, a yeah, different right. discussion. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, okay, cool, 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 cool. Um, so you kind of wiggled out, you wiggled off the hook there. Who do you think wins the AL East between the Red Sox and the Yankees? Um, so I asked, I asked a bunch of my other, <laughs> my sharpest friends recently if, if you had to pick one of the the four best teams, you know the. Astros, Dodgers, Yankees, and Red Sox to regress this year the most. Which of the four would you pick? And everybody said Red Sox, right? Everybody, away. everybody, right? Everybody. Right. I couldn't. But that yes, makes yes. that that worries me. Every yeah, single right, person right, is just right. straight up convinced the Red Sox are going to suck this year. Usually not the case when everyone agrees like that. So 
I'm hes- I'm hesitant to jump on the, the Red Sox going to regress bandwagon. I really like the Yankees. The the bullpen they've put together is is historically elite. Um, the the front of the pitching staff it worries me a little bit that Severino's already hurt. But I like Tanaka. I like Tanaka enough to make a small Cy Young bet on him at thirty to one, actually. Mm. Um, but I, I like them. I'm I'm not really willing to lay the price on either one of them on the the current the current futures for the division. Uh, I, like I said, I've I've really stayed away from that division, other than to fade the Orioles on the the win total, which I guess my play on on the rest of the division is is that that <laughs> under the Baltimore under basically. How many how many division wins do you think that the uh are they gonna set a record for a fewest ever wins in division? Potentially. They might the, I the mean Orioles. the Orioles I like I don't I, I don't wanna, you know, say that they're gonna be the worst team ever and then they win 65 games and I look like an asshole six months from now. <laughs> but this is, this is potentially, I mean, this is an international league team. You know, this, this is a bad roster. Carolina <laughs> leagues. Can the, the thing is, is they that beat the, can and, they beat the Durham Bulls? That's all I care about. <laughs> they, the Durham Bulls would not be a huge, uh, the Durham Bulls would not be a huge dog to them. They'd be a dog, but not, not a huge dog. And, but but my they're they're bad, but they're bad because they're trying to get better and they're rebuilding. You know they're they're not intentionally tanking. They're just they're gonna suck because they suck, and you have to suck before you get good. Look at the Astros. <laughs> yeah. If you if yeah. you looked at the Astros in 2011, they lost I think 56 games, and then 2012 they lost 55 games, and then 2013 they lost 51 games. You know, but look at them since then. They've they've become an elite organization, and the Orioles have hired uh, one of the dudes from the Astros to run their analytics. But it takes time. It doesn't. You know, you don't come in in one season and and shuffle half the roster and get good. It it takes a, a little bit of time to uh, you know bring new players in and start a new development program. And I really think it's going to be another season or a season and a half until you start seeing any any returns on on what what they're trying to do mm. yeah. i like it that's it's, um, it's almost like you talked about with the twins there it, it's a good point too as far as the win total you know like tampa tampa and toronto what are they probably both kind of in the 80 range for win total? but yeah ta- I mean, toronto's ta- like, they're a lot toronto's low 70 toronto's, toronto's not, yeah. not very good toronto's 74 tampa is 83 yeah 83. So, I mean, Toronto's not terrible. They're just actually, under 500. Yeah. Tampa, Tampa's above, a little bit above 500. But then you got to play the Yankees and the Red Sox a shitload of times. It's, it's kind of like, you know, the Twins have such an easy division outside of the Indians. Like, I, I don't know with the unbalanced schedule and everything how, how many times they have to play the Yankees and Red Sox. But it's a lot more than they'd like. Like, that, that's definitely going to play it as the way where they set that number. I think is it still nineteen? You still have nineteen crazy loads. It's a shitload. It's so many. So yeah, there's gonna be like I think yeah. the Orioles have like thirty-eight games against the Yankees and Red Sox or something insane like that. Anyway, yeah, um, they're three three hundred to one, not to win the World Series, not to win the division, 
or not to win the conference or league, to win the division three hundred to one. Unbelievable. Why, why even put that up there? Unbelievable. Somebody's betting that. Some asshole put ten bucks on that. Can you lay it? What's the lay price? <laughs> I bet you oh, can. Jesus, minus <laughs> minus ninety thousand. <laughs> Is it really? Yeah, it's, oh, yeah, it's, it's minus, nine, minus 90,000. So. Wow, okay. One to, one to 900. Tie up some bankroll there. Um, okay, well, uh, this has been a very fun conversation. Last Final question, baseball, and then I want to get your take real, real quick on gambling Twitter in general and kind of the information and, and uh, you know, what, what you know where you think we're going here. But last baseball question. Uh, Dodgers finally get it done in the World Series against the Astros this year? Or no I hope chance? so. I'm I think I think they make it to the World Series. You know, I was, I was really disappointed last year. I had I had a lot of Dodgers futures, and I kind of expected them to to come out and play somewhat like they did. Um, it was unfortunate that they couldn't get it done. And like the the general manager Friedman said, they they picked a bad week to have a bad week at the end of the season, and I I really think that they've they've put a lot of time and a lot of, you know, a lot of money into these, the analytics of this organization and they've developed these players and they'll probably, they'll probably get back to the world series. I'm, I'm betting on it. I'm not going to tell you they're going to win the world series, but I'll tell you that I expect them to be in the NLCS and I expect them to win it. Okay. Well, if the Red Sox can beat the Astros and in a best of seven, then the Dodgers can do it. Um, Last thoughts for you then on gambling Twitter in general and sort of the state of information and news as it relates to ga- to gambling. Uh, valuable tool, uh, you know, how would you classify like what goes on on in, in social media with respect to gambling? So the great thing about gambling Twitter is you get to curate your own sources of information. And if there's something you don't like, you don't have to incorporate it into what you read. And if there is stuff you do like, you can you know, read it and apply it and talk to those people. And, you know, I've, I've met several people from gambling Twitter that are, you know, pretty sharp in real life and that have taught me stuff. And, you know, I've worked together with different people that I've met. Um, I've learned a lot. It's an invaluable tool, but it's an invaluable tool if you use it correctly. If you just, you know, sit there and argue with people all day and tell everyone else they're stupid. You know, you're just not contributing anything positive to any of the conversations. And, you know, there's there's a lot of people having a lot of informative conversations. And then there's a lot of people who just want to tell you that you're a fucking idiot. And, you know, it's, it's a nice, healthy balance of both. But, you know, I find it useful. I can see why other people don't. But, you know, it, it like I said, it all comes down to what you choose to, you know, use as your sources of information and you know for following beat writers it's incredibly invaluable oh great um yeah you know you're getting information much faster via twitter than anything else i can pretty much think of with uh breaking sports news and i find it like i said I, i find it incredibly useful I love well, so, yeah, I love what you said about curating it. Yeah. It's funny how like the evolution of me on gambling 
wrestling Twitter, just oh, not, same. like what I've put out there, not, not even what I post or who follows me, but who I've followed. Like, you know, years ago when I first discovered the space, like if you were an account that put up free picks, I followed you. Like I was going to follow you. <laughs> this was the information I wanted. This guy, this guy, I mean, he has to be good. He's putting plays out there. He wouldn't just put those out there for no reason. So like I followed like 500 accounts that gave out free plays. And now I, I still have a few stragglers like that. And I realized like, man, this guy is, this guy isn't really giving me any good information. Like, why, why do I still follow this account? Now it's mostly it's news sources or people that I trust that, that put out good information that'll actually be, you know, actually useful things for me or nice tips or things. Honestly, it's not always even getting on a bet. Sometimes it's something they'll say that'll keep me off one. So yeah, I like that a lot. What you said about curating it. And yeah, yeah. If there's assholes. You can just block mute. Come follow, whatever. <laughs> yep, for sure, for sure. All right, well, thanks. We've taken up your time. I really appreciate, again, you coming on and giving us some of your thoughts on the baseball season. I already feel, like, infinitely more prepared than I was before we had this conversation. So thank you, thank you, as uh, as uh, I know that, uh, you know, a lot of you know, your livelihood depends on some of this information. So appreciate, you know, you sharing it with us and the listeners. Um, Andy, any final thoughts on the uh, on the baseball season? Who should we wrap? Yeah, let's wrap. I'm, I'm we got a whole month to figure out how we're going to bet baseball. I know. Do you think uh, is this inspired you? You're going to actually get get into this and and do some sort of modeling? Yeah, yeah, I've talked to a couple people about stuff, and boy, it's I have like 18 articles queued up, like in my bookmarks, that I have to read about some analytics because just every year there's like 18 new stats that people are using. It's not. It's not, and granted, they do that in all the sports, but I have some catching up to do if I want to start putting some modeling together. And it's going to be complicated because it's going to have to be like player level shit. So we'll yeah. see how much time and how big my spreadsheet can get. I love it. All right. Well, thanks again. You can find them at Spread Apedia, uh, the letter A, not the letter O. You know, great bit of information you gave us on baseball, and I uh, appreciate that as always. And uh, best luck this season. Yeah, thanks for having me on. <laughs>